my friend, make sure to bring scenarios that have some bling, flamethrowers and barbed wire, just like the one called Ring of Fire. I want to play K.E.'s Ring of Fire. Said, wow, 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 and my voice got higher. It's six turns, 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 down to the wire, the ring of fire. him into playing ring of fire i'll throw down 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 when the stakes get higher and he'll learn 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 baptism of fire trial by fire dot foro is sweet ss and brits do meet Flamethrowers wild. Oh, and the east he smiled. I thought I could fight fire with fire in the town, 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 and break the quagmire and got burned, burned, burned with his first fire and subsequent fire. I attacked as the Brits into the ring of fire. Morale went down, down, down when things got dire. And I yearned, yearned, yearned for artillery fire in this funeral pyre. And got burns, burns, burns in the ring of fire. Hello, everybody. It's time for the Two Half Squads, the one and only podcast on the net dedicated 100% to the greatest game in the world. And that would be Advanced Squad Leader. I'm George. And I'm Ringo. <laughs> and we are the Two Half Squads. We are back for another evening of fun and entertainment at least we have fun and we entertain each other we well we usually do <laughs> and i i could use some after a, it's it's been a crazy another crazy week but i'm glad uh, i gotta say i'm glad halloween is now in the rearview mirror and I why is that jeff really got to me this year a very very big thing here in the states in this part of the states well we don't dave and i don't get out much so really just within our city well, within about a four square block area, 
that's about uh, the size of our world now. It maybe a little bigger than your that. house to Rizzy's to breakfast. Yeah, to my house. Yeah, to your house to yep. Rizzy's. Yep, I'm a world nice. traveler. It's about six yeah. miles all the way yeah. around. Well, you have to go to work down there and all sip. I have to, yeah, occasionally I go, to, I go to church. Yeah. And, that's about it. Yeah. yeah, I put my passport in my uh, briefcase and I drive 26 miles to Alsip, <laughs> Illinois. Anyway, um, really big thing. I mean, Halloween was so big this year and quite literally big because these the thing now is these huge 16-foot tall uh, skeletons. skeletons. Yeah. I mean, there were just scads of those around the neighborhood. Yeah, skeletons, skeletons, skeletons. Yeah. And people put them in creative little poses. Yes. Like the dogs biting their butts or trying to climb up a tree. Yes. A skeleton dog. And they have skeletons of everything. Yeah, everything. Man, if I was a kid, I would be I would be buying all this. My mom oh, would it'd be great. my mom nuts, probably. I don't know how they find uh room in the garage. Or maybe that's what all of the well, maybe that's what uh, all of the um those uh you're gonna have to cut this part out. Storage units. Thank you. The storage units are for the hive mind is working yes. between the two of us. We'll think yeah. of whatever it is we're trying to think of. So I'm glad they're there. Everybody's putting that stuff away and getting out, of course, the Thanksgiving stuff, which is an American holiday. I, th I think that should be a global holiday, though, because that, that is a good one just to sit around and be thankful for what you've got. It is a great one in your life. But I'm I'm not sorry to see Halloween go because of all of the spooktacular. I, I, I got so many emails and flyers and notifications and things coming up about spooktacular savings you know like my my uh, proctologist sent me you know <laughs> get a spooktacular savings on your next colonoscopy and then i named the show spooktacular or something you did I? yes you did name it but <laughs> well that makes sense but not for a colonoscopy or for you know a a discount on your car insurance or something well, probably I, I saw a bunch of those and it's stuck in my head well it's better than having like a big pitchfork stuck in your head i, I suppose <laughs> yes it is and this show number three 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 one two one three three one uh should have featured the the song ring of fire oh yes <clears throat> hope you enjoyed that Yes, and that was a good so one. So I have to call this show like Spooktacular Ring of Fire. <laughs> no. Please. No. Tell you lately, I'm I'm thinking we're gonna have to call the show tinnitus. I, I've been and Laura has it had it longer than me, and I've been getting it the last year. Have you? Yeah. That's it's a very weird thing. Yeah. Tinnitus. Do you ever look it up like on YouTube for all of No, no. Oh, well, that's the first thing I do, which is really mm. dumb. But I will say it. Yeah. Are you hearing it now, Jeff? I'm hearing it. Yeah. What is that? Actually, I am hearing mine real faintly. Yeah, I, I'm hearing it right now. Is yours constant? Ear. No, it comes and goes. Okay. Well, I don't know if it comes and goes. Because someone's... I, I noticed it. That's what Lori asked. There it is. <laughs> Lori asked me, like, is it constantly go? I don't think so, but maybe you should ask me once in a while, like, are you hearing it now? Yeah. And then I came, oh. No, I'm not. So yeah. I don't have it. Pretty sure it's not constant. But what 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 can you learn on it from YouTube? Oh well, first of all, the, the nice thing about looking up tinnitus is it doesn't it it's not a sign of cancer. It's one of the only things on YouTube that does is not oh. a sign of cancer. Everything else is like, you know, if you get too many ingrown toenails, it's cancer. 
But uh, everybody's got a, a fix. Funny little curves on your fingernails. Cancer, like that's cancer. Idea. Those funny curves are cancer. Everybody's got a fix. It's like you can, you know, pull on your ears, tap on your head. There's tapping ones and there's um, holding your breath a certain way and blowing out your nose and blowing out your ears. Hold your nose and blow out your ears. <laughs> it's not good for you. Hold your ears and blow out your nose. I don't know. I don't know. How about what else are you going to blow out? Whatever. It's, it's good. Be spectacular. Oh, Wendy, or whatever. Blow it out your A. How about that one? <laughs> but every, not everybody, but so many people have these cures, supposed cures, but they don't work. At least not so far. So if anybody has one, we'll ask our listeners. They're smarter than most of those guys that publish on YouTube anyway. True. And Laura did get uh, the doctor recommendation to go to the hearing person. At one point she was having balance issues, Oh, but the tinnitus is just the tinnitus and the, yeah. the balance they did clear up. She did these head movement things. Cause you know, there's a little thing that's not in the right canal for your balancing. Or something. Oh yeah. A piece that's supposed to move around. It's like mercury, isn't it? You've got mercury in <laughs> your ears you or something like that's, that. Yeah. That's why you're not supposed to like pick your ears or stick that Q-tip in too far. Yeah. Cause you'll knock the mercury around and yeah. it'll fall over. <laughs> and you got to call the hazard team. Yeah. Then you do. Speaking of that, I was looking at, and then we can get on with the show, but <laughs> Robin put up uh, some Christmas lights the other day. Just because we like to have like colored lights in the living room. Yes, you're not particularly so it's not really super Christmas. religious. But uh, so we've got the lights with the bubblers in them. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I thought, I thought, man, how do those how do those things work? Like, do they heat up that water to 212 degrees? No, you didn't open it and drink it. Did you? No, I didn't. But I looked it up and it, it is nasty stuff in there. Oh, in really? Those bubblers. Yeah. It even says I looked up a couple of websites. Said, if you spill this stuff, like open all the windows and doors get out of the house, you know, like sell your property, <laughs> stuff like that. I can't remember what the, the chemical is that's in there, but the boiling point on it is 102 and a half degrees, 102. Wow. So it's practically, you know, if you have a high fever, you could stick that thing in your mouth and make it bubble. Yeah. You, you, you know, before we go onto the show, cause this is just so much more fun than the show. Yeah. <laughs> well, I haven't seen you for a week, so well, I got to get caught up. Is that, Accurate, close to accurate. Yeah, because you skipped our Frostgrave game Friday, yes, Saturday. Yes, yeah, sorry, but um, she asked me about the insurance where you put the monitor on your phone and the insurance companies monitor your driving, and then you get to save Wait, a discount. Oh, on your phone? I thought you put a monitor on your phone in the house. No, no on I, your phone. I think I don't oh. think you put a monitor in your car. I don't think so. Oh, you just put it on your phone I, and had your you phone have to with have you. it on or something. I don't, that makes sense. I could be wrong. Maybe you stick something on your car, but the insurance companies monitor your driving. And Laura's like, you know, she loves my driving. I know you love my driving, Jeff. <laughs> it's, good, it's a good workout. I like it. It's like, uh, yeah, but isometrics. Dave drives and I'm sitting there gripping, I'm tightening everything. Okay. I don't weave in and out anymore. You don't weave in. I try. I really try not to as much anymore. Yeah. If it someone's really slow, I'll just wait and go over a little and come back. Not that like I did used to kind of, and I don't have the road rage as I think the listeners heard about that years and years ago. So I've been free of that, but I can't, you can't go on 90 highway 90 from Chicago to Elgin. Or, everyone's going 80. They're all going eight. So yeah. we're supposed to get on there and go fifty-five or sixty in the in the right lane. It's a hazard. 
Well, I don't think so. <laughs> well, thanks That's for, what I do. Thanks for, well, you should get the insurance thing. I, that I should. I, I'm going to put that on there because I drive at a comfortable speed. <laughs> Everybody makes fun of me. Do you go there? I go 65. Oh, see, I put on a podcast. I go 65. Yeah. I stay in the right lane. But 65 is speeding. No, 65 is the legal limit now. In, on in, 90? In well, Illinois. In Illinois. Well, there, are, there are areas that's 55. Well, sure. Yeah, like your driveway. But they're still going 80, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Everybody's going 80. The yeah. speed limit is 65, but everybody goes 80. But I go 65. Yeah. I figure if somebody wants to go faster than that, they got to go around. So, Dave... <laughs> Go around me. That'd be funny if it was you on my tail one day. Like the you time we like... were going kayaking and ahead of us were the two people meeting us kayaking and they had their kayaks on top of their car. And we took a picture of them in front of us and texted them saying, sorry, we'll be a little late. We have these really slow people in front of us. <laughs> <laughs> we could see them at the stoplight. Look at their phones and start laughing. And then they looked up and waved. And oh, that's great. <laughs> So anyway, that's my take on the insurance thing. Okay, yeah. Matt, you have me rethinking it. Yeah. Because we try to keep open minds around. I'm going to check for that. All righty. I could use the discount. So what do we got uh, going on to, for tonight's show? Our ASL well, show. tonight's show, you're going to hear some amazing letters. Excellent. As well as an armor finding vehicle segment. A what you've been playing lately. And a contest drawing. What do you want to do first, Jeff? Let's do letters. Let's do. Oh, no. Let's do the contest drawing before we. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I think that's good. Well, this was our contest for uh, Give Thanks for Schwerpunk. Yes. Was that it? Yes. And one of our letters will relate to that that we're going to read because it was beautiful. Seven and eight, Schwerpunk. Schwerpunk, volume seven and eight. Ready to go out. And so we had 12 entries, which was, which I thought was pretty good for such a short term you know just a couple of weeks so yeah we, indeed it's nice that people are listening and and responding let me just read off the names here for these 12 we had an entry from steve from richard from matthew larry gordon john robert ryan another robert another john mark no matthew and luke though um and jeffrey who was that was my favorite entry you can't jeffrey you can't enter it is he spells his name R E Y. Oh, it's I not you. Name. It's not me. Excellent. All right. So here we go. Then. So we had 12 entries. Dave is gonna roll it. <laughs> we spare no expense. Uh, number four. Number four. Number four is one, two. Let's see. I better do it in order. Uh, one, mm-hmm. two, three, four. One, two, three, four. That's Larry. Larry, congratulations, Larry! You're the next contestant on the Price is Right. Come on down. You can pick these up, Larry, at our house here in Illinois. Anytime now before January first. Otherwise, we'll put them back out for another contest. Larry wrote and said uh, when he uh, signed up, he wrote, "Giving thanks for Schwerpunkt was in the title, and he says, "Aloha, guys! Thanks for another fun show and yet another giveaway. When does it all end? Keep rolling low." It never ends. It'll never end, Larry. And good for you. Congratulations on your win. Very skillful of you.
we got some letters here to read from our very kind and wonderful listeners. We certainly do. And first, I'd like to say thanks to Zeke West Hope, Wayne Spriggs, Wade Samalis, Steve Zaccardi, Steve Ambrose, Steve Hicks, Sophie's a Ghost, Sean Wood, Scott Mangini, Ryan Ellett, Russ Ryder, and the new subscriber, Screaming Eagle Steve, for your continued Patreon support. And that was a Patreon subscriber. Oh, excellent. We don't Thanks, get a lot everybody. of new ones. So, yeah, if you got a dollar a month or a couple of bucks a month and you want to throw it our way, it helps support the show. We just had to make a purchase. We couldn't help it, but we had to make a purchase um, of the new module coming out from uh, Advancing Fire. Advancing Fire. Our friends, our friends over in Italy. So, the Orsanga, Orsagna. Yeah. Or, yeah, I think it's called Orsagna. All right. Uh, which we got from Ritter Krieg. Ding. Well, they're, he's Ritter, Derek's not a sponsor anymore. But Officially, still, but still, still a, a good friend. person. You could go over to Ritterkrieg.com or your favorite place to buy ASL products and look there. Mm -hmm. But certainly Ritter Krieg has it and we've ordered it and we can't wait to get it. Yes, and indeed. We uh, will talk about it, but we couldn't do it without all of your excellent donations. So thanks, everybody. Indeed. Also, thanks to Ryan Hard, Indy Car Legion, Rick Hammond, Tall Mocha Mike, I, Eugene Oara, Bill Harpster, and Jeff Hartman for subscribing to us on YouTube. You lucky guys. And don't forget, I had a letter from Gordon Mullock, Jeff. Oh, did you? Saying, don't forget the U.S. equipped free French that are represented by the U.S. counters, as covered in a previous episode. I uh, said, glad I never ordered that. Oh, <laughs> The footlock. Yeah. Yeah. Just be clarifying the free French are represented by the U.S. counters. And he's glad he never ordered that footlocker of army men as a kid. Yeah. I, I'm still a little shocked about that, that that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. They made it look like it was. Yeah. Pretty cool. It did. <clears throat> In a simple black and white drawing. I got a, um, we got a letter here from Ryan Ellett. I hope I win the contest. Oh, this is to his contest entry. Oh. I hope I win the contest. This signed two half squat hat I won years ago isn't getting me all the girls I thought it would. <laughs> Maybe some sexy scenarios will do the trick. I have no idea who Tufer is and what he or she won, but I just do what you all say. That was one of our <laughs> two for one contests that we did last month. Yes. And of course, I'm, I'm laughing again. And I laughed when I first read that. So thanks for the lightening up of our day ryan that's funny because dave and i go out in these hats and we get lots of girls waitresses and stuff coming oh, on to us high. like would you like more oatmeal with your cream of wheat old man <laughs> <laughs> i have a letter from richard blasco thanks for showing the lft maps during the what's in the box segment in episode 328 it was informative and interesting thank you richard thank you Got one here from Ryan Huard. Just diving into ASL for the first time and stumbled onto this podcast. That's kind of like stumbling onto a landmine, isn't it? <laughs> or more like a La Brea tar pit. It's, um, yeah, I've been playing it on the uh, in the background as I finish my house remodel. It's been a great background, funny and interesting. Well, thank you, Ryan. And Thanks, good luck on Ryan. your house remodel. Yes, yes, we'd love to come and stay. Thank you for the uh, invitation. <laughs> and another new a new listener. See, it's worth keep going. Yeah, I have one from Steve Hall, correcting our pronunciation 
of the Tiralors. Ah, I was, I think, saying Tiralors or something. Tiralor. Tiralors. French Light Infantry. Yes. Thank you, Steve. Uh, here's one from, oh, from P.T. Yonkins. I greatly appreciate your show on LFT 15. I went back and reread a few of those articles myself. I'm sure someone's already pointed out that Robert Hammond is not associated with Hasbro. That's Charles Hammond. Thank you for the clarification, PT. I, I take the blame for that one. I take. I can just see Santa Claus right now. He's listening and he's correcting his list. You know, just because he uses us for reference. Uh, I always enjoy listening to the show. Thank you, PT. And Ruben wrote in to say, great show, guys. The intro song was definitely worth the price of admission and good AFE chat. And glad you're enjoying the AFE chat. Several people are, so we are continuing. Yes. Um, we'll never get through them all, but it is fun to do the research and take a deeper dive on some of those. From Richard Blasco, greetings. Giving thanks for Schwerpunkt for the two half squads, for their continued support of ASL through their show, for the original Avalon Hill Game Company for starting it all, for MMP for carrying it all forward, for the third-party developers for contributing to it all, for the players who had the initiative to ask the questions in order to challenge it all, for the support teams who answered those questions to clarify it all, for those who painstakingly corrected all the errata, for those who researched it all, for the bloggers and archivers who continue to discuss it all, for the brick and mortar and online retailers who made it all available to us, for the postal and shipping company delivery workers who brought it to our doorstep or mailboxes, and for anyone in the ASL community who in any way made it, made or will make a contribution to the development, clarification, or continuation of the advanced squad leader game system. Roll low and rally well. That's a fantastic. Da, 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 da. Very well said, Richard. Very well said. I didn't yeah. expect to get that into the um, inbox I, when I we had decided to say, like, giving thanks for Schwerpunkt, just because Thanksgiving's coming up. Yeah. And as I saw those headings come in, or the subject lines, you know, I was actually struck, like, oh, that's kind of shallow. Like, we're giving thanks for Schwerpunkt. <laughs> You know, we all have bigger things to give thanks for, but the then I hit Richards and I was like, boy, now he really said it. He said it to this whole community of yeah. people working together. Fantastic. I got one here from Pierre Charbonneau. Jeff, uh, he says, I too have never heard this word nor seen it. Natter. So, so you're not alone, Jeff. I can't believe I'm not alone. That's great. Pierre and I are going to become good friends. But then Gordon chimed in and said, apparently you've reached the nadir of Jeff's vocabulary. Yeah, well, that's for sure. <laughs> Thanks, Gordon, for that one yeah. to lighten up the day. There you go. That is letters. Thank you all for contributing your letters. Armored fighting vehicles went along this hexa thing my armored fighting vehicles could be moving wrong on this hexa thing
All right, and today on Armored Fighting Vehicles, yes, we have the. We're going to start with the M3. Actually, the tanks. Well, we're going to start with the American overall. So some of the notes that were condensed, I condensed them, Jeff. Even though they look long. Oh, these are condensed. Okay, it is condensed from the chapter H, introduction to the Americans. Would you like to take that? Uh, yes, I'll read that. U.S. vehicles, with a few exceptions, were highly regarded for their reliability and ease of operation. For example, the Soviets felt that it was excellent for one of their tanks to run for 14 hours without a mechanical failure, whereas a U.S. tank was expected to run at least 40 hours without a breakdown. Moreover, German and Japanese tank tracks had an average life of about 600 miles, while the U.S. tank tracks averaged about 3,000 miles. Overall, American AFV designs were not ingenious, but usually were competent and adequate when brought into service. Have you seen that word ingenious? Ingenious, ingenious. yeah. <laughs> I, it does look odd. I thought it, it was it in, funny. ingenuous. No, ingenious. Okay. <laughs> I guess I wasn't as smooth recovering from that one as I thought. Unfortunately, there was uh, far too much resistance to the introduction of improved models due to the both a desire to keep production at full capacity and an unwillingness to change tactical doctrines, with the result that the U.S. AFE found themselves outgunned and underarmored from about 1944 on. Combined with tactics that were often less than inspired, this frequently allowed an outnumbered German force which was sometimes more experienced, but usually technically superior, to exact a heavy toll of attacking American AFV. I didn't know that growing up. I just, I guess from the movies that I saw, <laughs> it was hard to tell where people always thought the American vehicle, America. Yeah. America. Right. <laughs> and then I remember like Matt Ramsey, when I first got into this, he's like, no, Dave, the American tanks are not going to be good wait till we get into those scenarios yeah. you'll learn a lot yeah and that is true and this next part you got i really found helpful the army used an alphanumeric system of nomenclature for its i, I said nomenclature without a without a hitch <laughs> just trying to come up with something there the army used an alphanumeric system of nomenclature for its vast array of material or is it materiel? <laughs> this system showed not only the basic model of an item, but also any modifications to it. T, the letter T, stood for an equipment type still in the developmental stage, while M signified a standardized type. E represented an experimental modification to the basic type, and A, a standardized modification. B indicated a major change in production. Example, a vehicle with another chassis substituted for the standard one. The number following each letter generally, but not always, gave its numerical sequence. For example, M1E3 would designate the first model of a particular type of equipment M1, which also incorporated the third in a series of experimental modifications. This M1 equipment type could be a helmet, a tank, a slide rule, etc. Now, I know I read that when I first started playing this, but, and I'm sure I 
encountered this somewhere else and reading the tank book or all that stuff, you know, I, that I got into partly because of the game. Yeah. Really. Right. Um, but uh, over all the years, I, I forgot. And I was kind of thinking like, why is like a helmet an M? How can they all be M? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Like who came up with this system? Yeah. yeah. It's just wacky. And there it is. And there it is. It makes sense. I love that. Yep. So I thought we'd start with our little friend, the M3. There is an M2A1 in the Advanced Squad Leader game. Yeah. But it's only used on Guadalcanal. Oh. So I thought, if you're okay, we would jump into the M3. Let us go to the M3. Light tank. And this time we thought we'd get the counter out. Because the ASL people want to think about the symbols on it. All right, Jeff is holding the counter because mine didn't work so well. Uh, 18 move in the upper corner. And it does say M3LT. It's a tad blurry, but we all are ASL players. Armor of four in the front and the three in a box. Do you remember what the three is for, Jeff? If four is the front. Ah, there we go. What the three is for? Where uh -huh. for which which three? The, the the four is the armor factor for the front, and the three oh for the side rear. Yes, and then the box meant superior turret. Right. What's the one in the box by the weapon? They're saying mean. Uh, rate of fire on oh, the main armament. Level one. That's a thirty-seven LL gun. Mm -hmm which can, is better at long, long ranges. And the machine gunnery four slash four slash two. So main armament or the, um, uh, thanks. You want to turn it around? What's on the back? Well, or read it while you got it too, or anything cool. Uh, the canister number. Canister oh. seven. Yeah. After 19, uh, after and including 1942. Yeah. And uh, CS four crew survival of four, so yeah. not a not a great chance of survival, but small vehicle. Yeah. So thank you for showing the counter. So the the bow machine gun had a white circle behind it. That uh, meant I think it gets a plus one when you're shooting it. Uh, listeners, correct me if I'm wrong. You're never wrong, Dave. Oh yeah. Well, this little beauty had a four crew, crew members, the driver, the co-driver, the gunner, the commander, and it was nicknamed the Stuart. Do you know who they named it after? I, I actually don't remember. I remember looking and, it up early on when I was playing ASL, and, and, and I thought that's one of them. You're not a huge Civil War fan, right? No. So it is Jeb Stuart from the Civil War, from the Confederacy. Poor mountaineer, barely kept his family fed. That is right. Yeah. But it was also nicknamed the honey, which is not commonly used. Hmm. And hmm. He, yeah. You want to guess? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I only come up with with uh, like disgusting stuff. Pooh bear. Yeah. Uh, like it, it's a honey pot. It had such a smooth ride that someone said, oh, it's a honey. And but it really wasn't used a lot in the vernacular. Yeah, I'm sure. So. Soldiers being soldiers, they came up with better words than that. <laughs> yes, 
And so then, what can you tell us from the notes on chapter H? Uh, many improvements were made to the M2A4 in early 1941, resulting in the M3 light tank. 5,800 were built. A few were with the 1st Armored Division during the torch landings and in Tunisia. In the Pacific Theater of Operation, the 192nd and the 194th Tank Battalions with 108 M3 lights and no uh, high explosive ammo were employed in the defense of the Philippines. More than 30 of them were captured by the Japanese whose 7th Tank Regiment used them against the returning Americans in 1944 and 45. Darn them. That would be bad. That Seeing would, when your own equipment is used against that you, that must bad. really be... It really makes things confusing, yeah. too. M3 light tanks were also used on Guadalcanal by Company B of the 1st Marine Tank Battalion. The M3 garnered the distinction of becoming the first U.S.-built AFE to see combat in World War II when the British used it in Operation Crusader. That is correct. That? And I think when the British used it, they call it the Lee. Um, don't quote me on that, but I'll research it and put it on the bottom of the YouTube and the listeners will have to find out on their own. Well, once again, talking about tactics, it's similar to these other early small tanks. Uh, but the main duty becomes scouting and screening because of the you know, weak yeah. armament. Uh, the M3 was, at first, sim a simple upgrade to the last M2. Had more powerful engine, a new suspension, and up to four machine guns. So then I learned, looking at tank encyclopedia, early ones had two side machine guns. Hmm. Like an early World War I tank, like the models I have behind me. Partly designed you know, to shoot down in trenches yes. on both sides. But um, they didn't put them in a lot, partly to save weight. And maybe expense, but I don't think I read the expense part. So mostly, as we saw on the counter, it had the bow machine gun. And then the coax. And the bow was in the little um, ball mount. Yeah. And the others were mounted. Oh, the, uh, so it had a, a main quick firing 37L, L as we saw anti-tank gun now the latter gun there had a relatively low velocity though and no armor piercing ammunition so but according to tank encyclopedia compared to the german panzer one and panzer two the m3 was heavier and better protected hmm. so i don't remember the armor numbers on the ones and two was it a probably a two maybe but so here's a note b on this afe due to two of the machine guns that constitute the bow machine gun firepower being in fixed mounts and fired remotely. This bow uh, machine gun receives a plus one die roll modifier to all fire at a moving slash motion target. Oh, I was halfway right. <laughs> this penalty is signified on the counter by a white dot over the bow machine oh, okay. gun factor. All right, good. Good clarification. Okay. And then uh, vehicle note C, the 37 millimeter canister uh, yes. has a 12 firepower and is available in all theaters, but only after uh, July of 42. Oh, right. As okay. signified by the superscript A2 plus. A2 plus. Okay. So <laughs> that's August 1942 on. Yep. 
Yeah. Not A2 Brute. <laughs> not that. And and, uh, and and that's only on certain counters. So you just have to pay oh. attention as you're putting out the counters. Okay. Grabbing the right oh, one. Oh, okay. The 75 millimeter canister has a 20 firepower and is available in 44 and 45, but not in Italy. Oh, but so not in Italy. It's not on. <laughs> did, they, did they? I hate and love this game simultaneously. <laughs> and we don't have the 75 on these tanks. So we'll skip that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, N? Uh, I'm is, still doing C. The, the 105 millimeter. Well, well we don't have that on this tank. Oh, we're, we're, it's not in this tank. I got you. Just okay. the 37. So we'll just go you did right, right, right. Okay. Okay. Then, then yes. Then vehicle note yeah. N. This vehicle was used in North Africa, yeah. specifically Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, at some time from November 42 to May of 43, within the limits of its own given dates. All right. Excellent. How about that? Fantastic. So then let's go on to the M3A1. We should do a show on how to read the rule book. At least I, I could go for that. Well, it's where I kind of liked reviewing what yeah. the M, the E stood for and all yes, these counters. Yes, right. And, yeah. You know, you, know you get to a point where you're playing and you're just playing. You don't read that stuff anymore. No, and, I, other, I and other people, other guys love tanks more than other people. Yes, So maybe that's right. they're not that worried about it. But the M3A1... All right, we'll cut that out. We'll go back to you. I, I bet there's a setting for auto. Yeah, there might be. Okay, so now for you people that are um, watching, here's the counter. It has, again, 18 moves. And I noticed the four armor in the front has the white circle. That means it's a small target. And I had read a note that I didn't put into this reading part that it is a... Uh, they slope the armor better to try and get the vehicle to um, deflect a little. Of yeah. The, yeah. It was too tall and easy to hit. So now it's a small target. Otherwise, everything's the same except for that two bow machine gun. I don't remember what changed, but there it is. And as Jeff said, some of these counters may have different marker markings, too, because the, there's a lot of variations on them all. Is that, the art on the wall behind me hanging crooked? Uh, no, you're holding the counter. Okay. <laughs> it's throwing me off. There you go. Actually, it's, they're, it's, they're both, yeah. They're, it's aggravating they're not tinnitus. <laughs> they're not at the same, they are not at the same level. You are correct. Okay. M3A1. Yeah. Do you want to see the back? Oh, yes. Is it the same? Oh, it's got the gyro. That's going to come up in the notes, the G. Yep. Oh, right. In the Okay. And better canister, all right. Otherwise, same cruise survival. And you have the notes from H. This was an improved version of the M3 light tank, incorporating a remodeled turret, deletion of the two fixed bow machine gun, uh -huh. and the and standardization of the gyro stabilizer. Four thousand six hundred twenty-one were built. You're very specific about you, you that. You need aren't to know you? that. The, the M3A1 first saw action on Guadalcanal in September through December of 42 with Company C of the 1st Marine Tank Battalion and remained in widespread use with the Marines until 1944 when the M5A1 light tank began to replace it. In North Africa, both, both light tank battalions in the U.S. 1st Armored Division were equipped primarily with the M3A1. 
And when those M3A1s ended up going into North Africa, they had some success against Italian tanks and wherever else they may have met them. But they were butchered by the German 88s, mm. as we all would know. Mm-hmm. Weren't all tanks? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think so. But even the gunned up now Panzers 3 and 4 were now defeating these small American light tanks. So it was clear that that high profile and flat squared hull was too vulnerable. So they came up with this newer model and M3A3 also was introduced. And the MA2 only was designed on paper. So you don't have an M3A2 in In production. And so therefore not an advanced squad leader. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, Except in maybe fantasy versions Yes, yeah. fantasy squad leader. Actually, maybe they built some of those. So, but they hid them, and that would have had a, a welded hull, according to the tank encyclopedia. The notes are the same. We have a C, and we have an N. And C is canister, N North Africa. That one I always remember. Yeah. G we know is a gyro stabilizer, right? But maybe and F I don't remember. So maybe we look at F and G. F is. Uh... This AFE may be equipped with a bow-mounted um, flamethrower. Oh, okay. Instead of a bow machine gun. Yeah. And then... But only by SSR. For do-it-yourself purposes, use the rules below to determine if this tank is so equipped. Note that the die roll mentioned below are actually availability die rolls. Okay. So LT, if the AFE is a light tank, as per the vehicle listing, it has a flamethrower. If its owner makes a die roll of two, we don't need to go into all no, this detail. No, we don't need to add it to your own. But Jeff, if you were to replace the main armament with a Canadian-built Ronson flamethrower, <laughs> what would you what would you then name the tank? Like if you gave it a name, I'd call it a Ronson. Oh, wouldn't you call it Satan? <laughs> would you say Satan? You actually, Satan would be. It is be, the Satan. It is. Here, the counter. Well, we don't have to show it. It's the same tank. Yeah, take it. I'll show it. It's fun. It's for some people that do that are watching us on YouTube. It's of course got the red flamethrower, and it's a. Is it a thirty-two flamethrower? It is. It's a thirty-two. X eleven. Well, what does that mean? Uh, it runs out of flame. Yep, on eleven or twelve. On eleven. Flamethrower 32, and we'll call it Satan. Um, and and this, that, that that one doesn't have the two machine gun on the top. I don't think we clarified anti-aircraft machine guns. Right. People know that probably. So there you go. That is going to wrap up the show. I'll take that last bit. This was partly the need to eliminate Japanese Japanese bunkers created this need for that flamethrower. For the flamethrower, yeah. So as Jeff just read, they replaced it. They were used on Saipan by Company D of the Force Marine Tank Battalion. And the battalion said they have 24 Satans. However, that's a lot. That's a lot of Satans. <laughs> However, while some sources state that each possessed an average of about 18, other sources claim that only 20 of these flamethrowing Satan vehicles were ever built. So it's interesting in the different um, sources. And Just another, another way in which we are a divided nation. You can't decide. Is it 18 or 20? I hate those guys that say 18. Can't tell. Yeah. And it was also used on Luzon 1945. So the steward 
uh, Lee's the light tanks were used then a lot against the Pacific theater because Japanese tanks weren't uh, not as threatening as a lot of the European vehicles at that time. Right. Right. So you'll see them a lot there. A lot. And that is armored fighting vehicles. Very good. Next week, other armor fighting vehicles. Probably. I'm yes. kind of hitting the groove. Yeah. Although we'll have two interviews coming up, but most likely. Oh, yes. Two excellent interviews maybe. coming up. One in, one in January, I think. One in oh, December. Yeah. Yes, yeah. one in January. Yeah. And that's armor fighting vehicles. Great. What have you been playing lately? What have you been playing lately? All right, folks, we did Sweeping North, OS7, designed by Brian Martuzis. We interviewed Brian, and you can't see all the... Uh, O-N, S- no, you said OS. O. Seven. O- O-N, O-N for Opera- Operation Neptune. Yeah. By okay. Bounding Fire Productions. Yes, yes, our very good friends. And you can see Sponsors. that there's a set of Germans, squad, two crew, heavy, and two AA guns, 80 liter set up on level three hill hexes. Uh, hip are them and another set that sets up uh, on and north of this roti and on the road. I'll show you on a map. But it's a squad. Do we have squads? A seven neg one, a bounding fire counter, a medium, and a mortar. And then enter turn two on the north edge. There's three squad reinforcements going to drop in. There's something like 10 British or something. But I'm going to go to the overall map, which, oh, I did not turn over. So I'll show you the, uh, some of the Germans could be around in here, north of T. And I'll put the pictures up on the website for people at home not watching YouTube. And you can see these hill hexes with red marks. We'll get a close-up later along here that, that I, the British have to take. The British are starting down across this road somewhere and going to move up the hill and take those six woods hexes on the hilltop. And then the blue dotted lines, Jeff, we added on the plexiglass to show the outline of the third level hill. Oh. Because it was a faint line. So there's a trick oh, for you. Oh, I see. Okay. Trick for everybody. Lay the plexiglass down. You can draw outlines and things. Oh, everybody knows this already probably from watching all those great shows on YouTube. Yeah. Made by all our friends. Uh, so here's a close-up of trying to get to it doesn't have the top BB8. No, it is. This is right. BB9, BB10, BB11, CC13, DD13EE14 have to be possessed, possessed by Satan. <laughs> again. Sorry. He's back again. My apologies to my our Christian friend listeners. We're we're just happy. <laughs> we do we're not being. And <laughs> Also, which one? So they need to be, those captured hill spot need to be captured by the Brits. Brits, okay. All right. And so I don't show my initial setup. Um, I forgot to upload it, but anyway, it was across the street. Well, I can flip back over here. Uh, I think it was kind of like in here. and Yeah. So south of the road. Well, what appears to be south of the road. West and south. Okay. um, V19, W20, X20. Oh, I had two light mortars back up on the hill down below the picture you can't see. But for the players at home, you know, it's up the hill that can see across the road, across the valley, 
and target hex ee14 and i think dd13 and cc13 oh they could see all the all to that okay yeah they're they're up on the slopes so yeah um so i had that's a but they have trouble hitting anything else you know i guess they could hit e13 that's up another level but anyway so they shoot across the road bypass the buildings you need a good rally stuff you need it move up the hill and mainly it's a quick battle as you saw from the scenario card we got into this stage of the battle and you can see dave had an aa gun and e14 uh, i think this next hex next to it was maybe like a squad or something some of this has moved around since then he had a mortar in like ee cc 13 and he did have some stuff down here in Y13 or Z13 to try and that I would hit coming through the woods, which I did hit, but they were a little spread out. So he, he had to route out of one of those hexes he was in, maybe Z14. The nice thing was his AA gun could start firing down from that hilltop, EE14. Can you go back and show where the British were set up? Yeah, all the way over here. So that, that's kind of a long way. That's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten or eleven hexes. Yeah, which got for twelve seven I mean, turns. Okay. The British moved last. I mean, and... isn't there? A, did you set up? Uh, I mean, did the uh, did the Germans set up? How close could they set up to where the British were coming on? Oh, over? it says here they have the three different groups. So they get the reinforcements coming on. See. Uh, north edge yes the north is up behind the red line okay so you're not going to try to make a stand with three half squads <laughs> well they have to be up on level three hill yeah so your only choice was to put a squad and two half squads the medium and the mortar and the seven egg one down close to stop them okay that cannot stop 10 british squads coming no. right so that's like tactic number one don't spread out down and so those... it seems like there's a couple of turns where the brits are just moving yep and not being shot at absolutely so and i've always again, thought that was the kind of thing you wanted to avoid when you're creating a scenario um where you just have movement and nobody's engaged you do but not all german players would be what i think was clever enough to stay back near the hexes okay i think so they a just lot of rookies will go oh look the stone buildings I'm going to put, put a, right a squat, a half yeah. squat here, a right. half squat here, a crew here, yeah. and the leader back here in the woods. And they're going to stop 10 squads. I'll get lucky. Oh, okay. But you're not. I mean, you, you may have cost them a turn, but only half the squads a turn because mm. you got yeah. okay. defensive fire and they can run around then around <clears throat> the church, mm -hmm. right? And just go the other way or risk, you know, some low firepower um shots but so yeah and this ended up a day victory so his strategy mm -hmm. of staying here in z13 and y13 he almost lost those guys because again there's 10 brits coming all through here yeah he could easily get surrounded but he backed up he broke both of his both his heavy and his medium never got him back that <clears throat> could that have been that hurts if he's in z14 hitting the uh british in the brush right AA 15, Z 15, and the AA opens up from up here in EE 14. You got problems and you're routing to M. You have to stop right in AA 16, and then the already still hitting you if it pops out hidden. So could have worked, but 
they blew their shot and then the advancing fire from a lot of British, boom, he broke, routed out. Luckily he got out, he got up the hill. Yep. So near the end game, as we see here, we had what I was describing before. Um, in the very end, DD or A, B, 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 11 at one point had some people and 12 had some people, infantry that got driven out. But um, BB-10 and had, I think, a machine gun or light, something in there. And the BB-10 had the other AA gun, which he thought I'd be sneaking around the other flank. And maybe he'd hit me in the brush out here in Z9-Y-10. But I never came that way. I stayed in a more closely knit attack group up through the main area. And it came down to the last turn, which you can see here, my British 9-2 was able to blow through the center. And I had to get into melee, a 9-2, and I forget what's under there. It's a, I think it's a full squad, maybe a half squad, coming in. And this pin, other guy got pinned, CC-11, the British that shot through the center then, coming around behind, pinned. So I could advance in from BB-11. And I had to get to that AA gun way in the back in EE-14. And luckily, I think my mortars from across the valley ended up breaking. Yeah, there's the acquired counter there on DD-14-ish. Thir yeah, 13. And this other acquired had been bouncing around from the AA gun to the corner hex where was needed as needed. So I got lucky. I broke that that guy with the mortar, the Germans, and was able to run around the outside. And the last scene in the action, you can see an eight neg one and like a half squad or something or squad got into EE 14 and won the melee or <laughs> broke him in advancing fire and the crew routed out, taking that hex. Looks like a full squad and a light got into DD-13. I had already taken CC-13 and BB-12. And BB-11 had the other squad that jumped into the melee and BB-10. And CC-11 was pinned here. Couldn't go in. So I had to win this one and BB-10. And I had the 9-neg-2 CX going in on AA gun. And, of course, he ambushed me. Did he really? And like rolled a three. Oh my gosh. So that was it. He held on. So he held gun. on. Wow. And technically he's holding on to BB 10. Yes. But still in melee. Yep. Last game, last turn. Well, we have a couple more to play, but loved it. But if I'm, if I'm going to go to Hungary in the spring, Budapest, guess what ASL game I should start playing next? Oh, Festung. Yeah. Budapest. Right. So we're going to put a hold on the, we're going to do one more Operation Neptune game, put a hold on it. And, uh, yep. Great. Start checking out excellent. Budapest, I hope. Yeah, excellent. Well, I'm looking forward to that, hearing about that. So that'll be a show. Okay. All right, then. That wraps it up for this show. We will be back in two weeks with another exciting episode of the two half squads. We will. Until but then. Remember. Roll low. And rally well. And rally well, but not, but not when, when you're, you're playing, playing us. us. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye, everybody.
Oh, look at my chin. Can you do surgery on that? I don't think they can. What if I use some tape? <clears throat> tape. Tape would do it. <laughs> what if I just rolled gracefully? As opposed to falling down. <laughs> Non-gracefully. Non-gracefully. 